Welcome to this Mount Pleasant Baptist Church podcast recorded at our Burgoon campus. We're glad you've joined us and we pray that the Lord will speak to you and encourage you through this message. So our series uh, leading into Christmas is asking the question, who is Jesus? Which, uh, which I believe is the single most significant question that we will ever answer. And we're answering the question today with the truth that Jesus is light, that Jesus is light. It was Stephen Hawking, a Cambridge physicist, who said, religion is a fairy tale for those afraid of the dark. To which John Lennox, an Oxford mathematician, replied, Atheism is a fairy tale for those afraid of the light. And uh, I love that. And Mark Thrift gave that to me the other day, which was just great to, uh, to see. We don't like the darkness, do we? We prefer the light. The people of the light prefer the light. So who is Jesus? Well, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What an amazing claim. How incredible is that? Cosmic in nature. And uh, what did he mean? What did Jesus mean? Well, he didn't mean that he was the sun, the S-U-N sun, did he? That sun in the sky, the one that he made. See, light in physics is electromagnetic radiation that, we, that can be detected by the human eye. Was he talking about that? Well, more practically, light is something that gives us vision, something that enables us to see and to make colour and life possible. And of course, light is the source of energy for all living things. And physical light is essential for physical life. And I guess when we think of light, we think first of the sun, the sun which warms us and the sun which sustains life on earth. And then we probably think of flicking an electric light switch at home and saying, let there be light. And most of the time there is, isn't there? There's light. So let's, let's turn the lights off. And that's about as dark as it gets, I think. (laughs) See, darkness is nothing other than the absence of light. Darkness has no existence in itself. We don't turn darkness on. We don't do that. We turn the lights on. Don't we? We don't turn... Light on and light. If I light this candle, see it's light that overcomes darkness, not the other way around. It's light that overcomes darkness. And here on that cross is where the darkness of the world was overcome. The light of the world 
overcame darkness on the cross. So let's turn the lights on and we'll see that darkness cannot survive in a room full of lights. And it's the same in our own lives. Darkness can't survive in our own lives when there's light. And while darkness and light are natural phenomena, you know, we use the terms, don't we, light and darkness metaphorically in our everyday life. This is true in the scriptures where the two images are given theological significance. Light in theology is life and power of God to live and to walk in the ways of God, to enjoy fullness of God, of life, to enjoy eternal life. That's light. And so physical light and sight is actually a metaphor throughout the scriptures for spiritual life and sight, for this inward revelation in our hearts. We can be physically blind, but have spiritual sight. Inward sight, where we can see and know God. Where we can see and know God. It was Helen Keller who famously said, better to be blind and see with your heart than to have two good eyes and see nothing. We read in Proverbs 20 that the human spirit is a lamp of the Lord that sheds light on our innermost being. I love that. See, light suggests sight. It suggests vision, a seeing with clarity, seeing where you're going, being able to walk safely and confidently, both in a physical sense and also in a spiritual sense. And so light is used to convey good things, positive things, life and truth and righteousness and hope and revelation and vision. But on the other hand, darkness suggests a lack of sight, a lack of vision, kind of a lostness, an inability to see where you're going, a stumbling all over the place, a groping for direction, unable to see where you're going and all that the fear and hopelessness associated with that, both in a physical sense and also in a spiritual sense. So it's not surprising that children uh, begin life by being scared of the dark. Darkness is used to convey bad things. In the scriptures in everyday life, negative things, sin, death, evil, lostness, hopelessness, ignorance, chaos, blindness, isolation, destruction, fear, and so on. But we read in Genesis 1, and this is beautiful, that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now for the first three days, light shone from a source other than the sun. The scriptures begin with light but no sun and they end the same way in the book of Revelation in chapter 22. And verse 5, there will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord will give them light. So what might this light be? Well, Jesus said, I am 
the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Whether they're walking in the daylight or whether they're walking in the evening light, they will have light, the light of life. Jesus was saying there's no other source of light in the world, that he is the light of life. It is by grace that there's any life at all on earth. Apart from him, it's all darkness, apart from him. He's more than the creator and the sustainer of the sun in the sky. And the Apostle John begins chapter one of his gospel by saying, Jesus was the word who was in the beginning, who was God and is now God in human flesh and blood. And that through him all things were created and in him was life. And that life was the light of all humanity. The true light of life that gives light and life to everyone has come into the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. The world didn't see him. The world didn't know who he was because we were living in darkness, liking the darkness rather than the light. And John goes on to tell us in John's Gospel that Jesus made this extraordinary claim, this cosmic claim that he's the light of the world during the Feast of Tabernacles, um, which I think is significant. Now, the Feast of Tabernacles was an eight-day celebration. Uh, and it was a wonderful celebration where the people camped out in tents, you remember? And... Uh, they were really remembering their ancestors who camped out in tents as they made their way across the Sinai Desert in the wilderness to the Promised Land. So they were remembering all of that. But they're also remembering the tent of the tabernacle. They were recalling that God himself lived among them in a tent, which we call the tabernacle, which they called the tabernacle, uh, which means God dwelling with us. God dwelt with them. And that's God's heart always to dwell with us. So it's helpful to see that the eight-day Feast of Tabernacles was actually one of the main things around the feast was the light ceremony. It was an amazing light ceremony. And for the first seven nights of the feast, the sun would set to the sound of joyful singing and dancing and celebration and four huge candelabras were lit and uh, Jerusalem was spectacularly aglow with light. And uh, these massive candelabras just pushed out the light right over the city. And the light record Jesus's, or the light record God's gracious guidance for the people through the desert. Remember, pillar of cloud by day, fire, pillar of fire by night, he led them through the desert. And of course, it's easy to get lost in the desert, whether it's night or day, uh, is this disorientation. So when the pillar moved, what did the people do? They packed everything up and they followed the pillars, whether it was night or day. If they didn't, they were in disorientation and darkness and got lost. So God's presence and guidance points us to the reality that God is our guide and that God is light. God is pure, holy light. Psalm 119, your word, O Lord, is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. 
I love that. So true. And, and God's good and faithful guidance by day and by night was remembered. Right through the feast and at night when everything was shining, the lights were shining, the people would recall scriptures, uh, psalms and, and prophes- prophecies. Psalm 27 was one of them. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Psalm 78, he guided them with a the cloud by day and with light from the fire all night. Psalm 56, for you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. And then the prophet Isaiah, come descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. And then Isaiah 60, the sun will no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you, for the Lord will be your everlasting light. And your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set again and your moon will wane no more. The Lord will be your everlasting light and your days of sorrow will end. The day is coming when there will be no more darkness. No more spiritual darkness for us. Looking forward to that? Absolutely. And so for the seven days, the people just celebrated. I mean, they let rip at night in celebration. And during the day, there's water ceremonies and so on going on that you'd know about. But they celebrated God as light. And on the eighth night, the candles were extinguished. And it was on that eighth night when darkness fell all over Jerusalem that Jesus proclaimed this truth. He stood up in the court and he said, the temple court, and he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. It was dark. No more candles. Jesus' timing was impeccable. The people had been celebrating in the light of the great candelabras which pierced the darkness for seven nights. And then Jesus on the last night of the great feast, when all was dark, said, I am the light of the world that pierces the darkness both day and night. Goodness me. Can you imagine it? I am the light of the cosmos. I am the light that never goes out. I am the one who provides physical light for human existence and spiritual light for human prosperity. Light to live fully and rightly. Jesus is the light of life, the source of all life. There is no other life apart from that that he gives. Can you imagine the response of the people? Jesus says, follow me and you'll never stumble all over the place and able to see the right way to live. I will illuminate the path of life to you. How extraordinary, how amazing. See, Jesus' claim has huge life-changing implications for all of us. If we let the Spirit of God speak into our hearts and let us see. I just want to touch on four of these life-changing implications just very briefly. First, we see God. 
we see God. If you stay close to Jesus the light, you will never walk in darkness about God. You will not be in the dark about who God is and what God is like. Jesus, the light, leads us out of vagueness and wishy-washy thoughts about God to know God as God really is. Day by day, year by year, he'll reveal the truth about who he really is. Not all at once, but he reveals it to us. And Jesus said, if you know me, if you knew me, you would know the Father also. He said that in the same chapter. To know Jesus is to know God our Father. Jesus is the perfect revelation of God. That's who he is. And Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4 that the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. We're all there. We're all there at one point, the minds of unbelievers, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And in verse 6, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, Paul was referring back to Genesis 1. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. It's where it all is. If we begin with this generic word, God, we begin with our own ideas about God, but begin with Jesus and we begin with God's ideas about God. Makes a big difference in our lives. Secondly, we see humanity. We see humanity. If we stay close to Jesus the light, you will never walk in darkness about humanity. You will not be in the dark about what it means to be human. Jesus is both the perfect revelation of who God is and who we are and who we were created to be. Jesus is the one unblemished, untarnished, untwisted, authentic, whole human being. And what stands out immediately to me about Jesus as he lived his true human life was that he lived by faith. He lived by faith. He trusted the Father. He loved his Father. He delighted in his Father. He obeyed his Father. He didn't live independently of his Father. He wasn't an island. And Jesus loves others because he is light. We see what love really looks like. Not our own ideas about what love is. You know, it's all very well to say God is love. And we say it quite often and act according to our own ideas. And even the world will say God is love, but they'll act according to their own ideas about what love is. The word love is used so loosely today. But God is love, but God is also light. And so Jesus, Jesus sheds light on the true form and substance of love. See, we don't love any old way. In his light, we see light. You know the old psalm, 
so true. Jesus is what we're created and are being created to be like. Persons who believe and persons who love. Which is why when we come to know Jesus, it feels very much like we have come home in our hearts. Everything changes in our hearts. But we also realise some other things that we have a long way to go. That we don't love as we ought. We don't believe as we ought. And therefore this is ongoing transformation. We fall short always, all of us. So just like we don't begin to know God with the generic word God and our own ideas about God, we don't begin to know about humanity with the word humanity or ourselves or our feelings, but we begin with Jesus, the true human person. You know, there's nothing higher for man or for God than to be Christ-like. Nothing higher. Stay close to Jesus, the light, and you'll never walk in darkness about divinity or humanity. And thirdly, we see God's plans and God's ways. We see God's plans and we see God's ways. Stay close to the light of the world and you'll not walk in darkness about God's will, about God's good purposes, about God's ways about the path of life. He leads us out of darkness and uncertainty into the light of his good purposes for each and every one of us. He opens the way for us to walk in his good purposes. But he doesn't lay out a master plan. He doesn't give it to us all in front. We walk step by step and Jesus unfolds to us his good and perfect plan, not only for us, but for the world. See, when I look back over my life, I'd never have planned what has unfolded. I wouldn't have dreamed of what has unfolded. Not only the wonderful wife and children and grandchildren and friends from different parts of the world and our time working in London and 30 years with Pricewaterhouse and all that contained, studying theology at Vancouver and 10 years pastoring here at Mount Pleasant, uh, being part of amazing churches in different parts of the world that have been significant instruments in change in my life. All of these things and much, much more I would never have been able to plan or dream of. And I've known all the way through that I've missed so much in my ignorance and unbelief and my holding back. See, we hold back. And this is one of the greatest regrets for many people. The Lord speaks and they hold back. They don't step out in faith and possess what God has for them. But Jesus, step by step, has unfolded to me the Father's will. I know something of it. The path of life and wisdom is being gracious to me in my weaknesses and in my failings. God is gracious to all of us in our weakness and in our failings. He loves us. But we all have dreams, we all have aspirations, which is good. But I want to say this morning that the only dreams that really matter are his. And you'll be so pleased that you entered into those dreams and not your own.
What he has for you will surpass all that you could ever imagine and will bring you the greatest joy and the greatest fulfilment. What I do know too is that following Jesus means change. And often unexpected change, though he prepares us, he does prepare us. Living by faith is a stepping out in faith and to be changed. It takes courage. It often takes great courage to step out in faith. But God enables us, he knows our hearts. We so often see it as just too hard or it's a loss, so we resist because we're safer where we are. But God calls us into his yet-to-be-unfolded goodness that requires us stepping out in faith and, as I say, the outcome is beyond what we could have worked out ourselves. Jesus, the light, knows where he's taking his church. He knows where he's taking us individually. He knows and he will not leave us to walk in darkness about his will if we are open to him. And finally, we see change in our lives. We see change as we step out. See, if we stay close to Jesus, the light of the world, and dare to take the risks, dare to step out in faith, to follow him into deeper intimacy. This is what it's all about, following Jesus into deeper intimacy with him. It's personal. It's personal. We will experience more and more inner cleansing. We'll experience more and more inner healing. We'll see more and more change in our inward life and our outward life. See, Jesus, the light of all lights at the right time, touches. And we all know this, or most of us do, I know it so well, that he touches the secret places in our lives. Those dark nooks and crannies of our hearts, in our thought life, in our emotion life, in our emotions to expose, and if we let him to shine his light into the darkness and bring life and form and beauty and healing. That's what he does. He touches us in those places, those dark places, that we might let his light shine into those places and we experience more and more inner radiance, inner freedom. See, his light turns our darkness into light so that we can be a light in the world. Sermon on the Mount that goes on shining brighter and brighter. You know why? Because Jesus, the light of the world, is in us, living in us. And it's his light shining in us and our spirits coming together, human spirit, God's spirit coming together and light lighting us up. Jesus, the light of the world, is living in us by the Spirit. Psalm 18, you, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. I love it. uh, Proverbs 4, the path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full day of, to the full light of day. There's this onward progression 
You see that? Jesus doesn't reveal all that's not right in our lives at once and bush. There we are, a true human being, perfect. We couldn't handle that sort of transformation. Our transformation is progressive, but it's often slower and too slow, much slower than it could be because we hold on to darkness and refuse to take opportunities the Lord presents to us to respond to him and to change. See, the house across the road from us, it's a, it's a corner block and uh, the verge is full of daisies. And in the morning, those daisies are closed. And as the sun rises, those daisies slowly open to the sun. And as they do, they shine the brighter and the beauty of the colour and the life of those daisies shines brightly over there. It's beautiful. I don't like daisies really, but goodness me, to see those ones, it's staggering. Uh, the whole verge is daisy, not lawn, daisies. But they shine like, they just shine. Now, in the same way, it reminded me, in the same way that the Son of God Jesus, as we open to him and allow him to shine his life-giving light into us, we mature, we grow, we shine the brighter and we bear the fruit of true humanity. We're being transformed to the image and so become more radiant. Now in closing, I, I wonder this morning if the Lord is putting his finger on an area of darkness in your life that you've kept hidden away. Behind closed doors that you know dulls your life. We all know what it does. It darkens your life, prevents you from maturing in Christ, growing up into Christ, and prevents your life shining more brightly in the world. Are there areas like that that the Lord is putting his finger on in your life? Are there hidden thoughts, for example, that keep coming into your mind that you know are wrong and you know are destructive in your life? There might be thoughts of negativity. I'm going to amount to anything. I can't do that. I'm useless. There might be thoughts of addictions, that driven by addictions, pornography, or sexual immorality, these thoughts, or, or is there unresolved hurts in your life that the Lord's putting his finger on that leads to certain responses? Into when situations arise and you respond in a certain way and you know it's not right, like uncontrolled outbursts and actions that deeply hurt other people and you regret that later. Is there jealousy in your life that prevents you from being who you really are and tarnishes your relationships? Or is there bitterness that sours your life and you know it? Eats you up debilitate you? Is there unforgiveness in your life? This unwillingness to let go? 
to hand it over to the Lord that destroys relationships and even relationships with your closest friends. I've seen it. We've all seen it. Do you regularly experience agitation and high levels of frustration when issues arise, when things don't go right, that leads to damaging and regretful outbursts, eruptions of anger? Whatever else it is, whatever else, you know. You know what's holding you back. You know what the Lord might be touching you concerning this morning. See, sin only has power when it's kept in the dark. If it gets out into the light, it's got no power. Let the light of the Lord shine. Remember, darkness is the absence of light. So the darkness of sin loses its power like that when it's exposed to light. And think of the light of the Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit at work in you. Darkness cannot exist in a room full of light. So let the light of the Lord shine more brightly into every part and aspect of your life. That's what transformation is. That's what sanctification is, ongoing transformation. And if we're honest, we all have areas, every one of us in our lives that need the light of the Lord to shine into. Every one of us. But it's not always easy to admit areas of darkness in our lives and repent. That's what it takes. And allow God's light to shine into those dark places. But what a great relief when we do. We don't look back. It's a relief and a freedom comes and a moving into new things. None of us are perfect. But there is one who is. We're going to sing about him now. There is one name that holds weight above every other name. And his name is Jesus Christ, who loves us and who's overcome darkness. When I say overcome darkness, he's overcome death and everything associated with spiritual darkness. He is the Lord, he's holy, is his name. Holy, pure, unblemished. Not a shadow of turning in him. And he's ready to heal every willing heart. And he's saying today, I am the light of the world. Whoever believes in me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And I believe the Lord is giving you and me opportunity this morning to respond and to say, yes, Lord, let your light shine into this particular area of darkness in my life. And Lord, begin the healing process and bring life and restoration and transformation that I might live a fuller and freer life in you and know you the more. So I just encourage you today to respond. We're going to now invite the team up to sing our closing uh, song. And uh, as we stand now together, Please don't hold back, but respond to the Lord 
And uh, let's use the words of this song to help us in that response. Thank you for joining us. We would love to hear from you. If you would like prayer, please submit a prayer request at mounties.org.au forward slash prayer or send an email to communications at mounties.org.au and one of our team will be in contact. Have a great week.